Hello, welcome to Grass in the Sky. It isn't your average podcast. For a start, nobody has anything to plug. Secondly, none of the people are what you might call famous. And thirdly, they have their most remarkable stories to tell. I'll be asking them about books, music, sport, art, films, food, etc. All those wonderful things that inspire us, unite us, move us, and for one reason or another, leave an everlasting mark. Um, this week, I'm speaking to Paul Ince. No, not that one. Um, Paul Ince from Like Mind Media, based in Loughborough, in the good old UK. And I got to know Paul because he's actually helping me with my podcast. Um, and I was just very intrigued to know how he came to be doing what he's doing. So hopefully you're going to enjoy this. He talks very well. Who would think a, um, a, a media guy would speak so well? But he does, and it was a lovely conversation. And uh, we had a few more things in common than we thought. So, um, hey, enjoy. Hello, Paul. Hi. Welcome to my podcast, Grass in the Sky. Thank you for speaking with me. Thank you for inviting me to, to speak on it. Um, I'm just going to say, actually, I just said hello, Paul. Um, your name is actually Paul Ince. Correct, it is. <laughs> and you did amuse me when I first went onto your website um, because straight away you said, no, not that one. Not that not one. Not the footballer. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> and people say to me, oh, I bet you've heard that before. I yeah. say, yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, yeah, it's not that common a name, is it? It's uh, not. And, you know, before the the, the other one, yeah, the footballer, yeah, yeah. Um, people couldn't spell it. Well, they could spell Paul, but they couldn't spell Ince. Ince, no. It's an unusual name. Very it, popular in Turkey, apparently. Is it really? Mm. Why do you think that is? I, I don't know, but it's the... Apparently, this is this is, this is what I'm told through yeah. the family, is that the surname Ince uh, stems from a village uh, in... I think it's Merseyside. Right. There's a village called Ince or a hamlet called Ince, and that's, I guess, where the name comes from right. in in Britain. In in the same way that people would be called, I don't know, Trent or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a very popular surname in Turkey for some reason, and I don't know quite why. We've got to find that out. But yeah, that's people have just people have asked. Very very random, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, like tur- like people. Um, I've not been to Turkey, but my sister has actually been to Turkey quite a yeah. bit, and she often gets asked. Are you Turkish? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Anyway, we have digressed already. <laughs> no, that's fascinating. It really is. But I did want to bring up your name because it did make me smile when I um, looked on your website. Right. We're in your studio now, in your um, place of work in Loughborough. And your place of work is Like Mind Media. Yeah. And I, I actually came to you, that's how I got to know you, for some help in setting up this podcast. And I'm still working with you, and I'm very grateful for that because you've helped me an awful lot, and hopefully onwards and upwards, eh? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know very little about you. I've only literally met you two or three times. I've we've corresponded a lot via email, haven't we? Uh, we have. Um, but due to all sorts of circumstances, no, we've only actually met a couple of times. So I just wanted to know really how you came to be um, running this business, like Mind Media. Well. Uh... I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure. It's the most interesting of uh, of stories. But <laughs> yeah, we- it is, Paul. We'll, it is. We'll, I know we'll it, it is already. We'll, we'll, well, well have you always been involved in uh, the media side of things? No, not not really. Right. So, so I, I, I often say to people, um, I've sort of come a bit full circle. When I was at school, I really wanted to be a journalist, and I wanted to. Um, I wanted to be a war correspondent. Right. 
you know, because you know, that's not dangerous, is it? Um, I wanted to be a war correspondent, and I liked the idea of, of broadcasting. So it wasn't writing it necessarily. It was okay. TV, radio, that kind of thing. And I did hospital radio as a teenager. Great. Yeah, I accidentally plays, uh, played Spirit in the Sky. Um, well done. Which yeah. was not allowed because it was a cottage hospital and full of rather elderly people. <laughs> and it was deemed that records that mentioned death okay. or illness was not really the thing to, to do. All right. But I was very young and inexperienced and I, I didn't really appreciate what, what it was that I was, <laughs> I was playing. Oh, the spiritualist churches love that one. Right. Well, yeah. there you go. So, <laughs> um, so I really enjoyed doing hospital radio. I then went to... Um, I did college and went to uni and, and studied English because that's what I was told yeah. that I needed to do if I wanted to work in the media. And I did hospital uh, student radio. I loved that. Great. Absolutely loved it. Had mm. its own you know, big studio in the, yeah. in the students' union. Um, and I went from doing the breakfast slot, which no student wanted to do <laughs> <laughs> and, no, and no student was listening to either so <laughs> you know uh, but I did it because that was I saw it as an opportunity yeah and that's what I wanted to do and and when I finished uh, university I had a really good go at applying to to work in the media I was quite happy to start from the bottom I sent off demo tapes yeah because it was all tapes back then yeah. sent off demo tapes just didn't happen Right. Didn't happen. And I kind of forgot about it, to be honest, mm. and um, got a job. Mm -hmm. I got a job working for Next. Proper job. A proper job <laughs> working for Next and um, in their head office, which was near where I live. And um, I became a, a trainer for them. I trained people on how to use their, their systems. Right. And so um, that taught me quite a lot, actually, about people mm -hmm. and how to talk to people and, mm -hmm. and how to offer good service. Yeah. And um, through one thing and another, I went through a, a, a few jobs, but I ended up creating content for a tech company. So mm -hmm. I would go around conferences or working with Microsoft or companies like Sage or these, these sort of technology companies and helping people understand how this technology worked. And mm -hmm. I would do that by making videos or writing an article or using social media. Right. When it first yeah. came out, really. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what I thought I was good at. So, I, you know, I haven't had marketing formal education. I've learned on the job mm -hmm. and I've learned on the job with this new technology called social media yeah. and all the things that happen with, with that. Um, and some of that, like I say, involved video. Mm -hmm and podcasts and audio and I'm so, back to what I was originally wanting to do which you clearly not you're not just good at it you you clearly enjoy it oh goodness yeah yeah oh yeah I, I, absolutely I, I like I like this kind of thing that we're doing today I think yeah. it's fascinating this mm -hmm. this very much is like radio but for the masses you know anyone can do a podcast if they wanted to. Anyone could record themselves. Oh, and here's me. I thought it was really original. <laughs> well, no, but do you know what, though? I'm it's kidding. I know it's, it's everybody um, is doing podcasts. Well, but do you know what, Elizabeth? They're, they're not, really, because there's, there's something like two million podcasts available, which sounds a lot, but there's 2.9 billion people on Facebook. Okay. All competing for attention on, on that platform. Yes. So podcasts are are not that competitive, actually. Okay. 
Um, and I think with podcasts is everyone finds a voice that they want to listen to. Yeah. And that's, that's what I love about it because you can set up a podcast about all sorts of things. I have one, uh, which is a news and politics. You have. Podcast. Remind me of the name. It's called Humans Exhaust Me. That's it. How could I forget that? <laughs> you, can, you can guess what it's about. Um, <laughs> but, but that actually started in a conversation between me and my co-host, Felicia Jones, yeah. who's based in Denver in Colorado. Okay, right. And we were just whinging about the pandemic, really. And I think Felicia was the one that said, oh, humans exhaust me. Oh, like, did that's, she? that's it. And Felicia is a friend of yours. Yeah. Just a friend. And you well, started speaking. Yeah. Well, actually, I know her from the speaking circuit. So I do, I do a bit of speaking okay. as well in the marketing world. Yes. And um, she came and spoke at, at our event. And I've, I've seen her speak before. And um, I went to speak at an event that she was running, um, a thing called PodFest, which is a podcasting festival over in Orlando. Okay. And and yeah, we decided to, to set up this, this thing. I, I'm not a um, political, uh, you know, I'm not a... Well, I know what I know, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, and I have I have views, and and we do share some views. But we, we thought it was quite interesting to see how the UK and the US compared. But we were going through a time in the beginning of the pandemic when mm. there was that, so that much stuff going on. Yes, and yeah. people doing all these idiotic things. Yes, that it was a lot of sighing about about people. So that's that's how we started that. Um, but then I've got you know a marketing podcast. We we do a couple of other bits and pieces as well. So I, right. So I okay. love podcasting yes. in particular yeah okay well and uh, are these weekly things that you do generally it it depends so humans exhaust me is generally weekly yeah okay but uh we keep it fairly casual it's it's a hobby mm. it doesn't generate revenue or anything like that so, okay, so humans right. exhaust me is a passion project yes i love doing it but we keep it casual yeah informal so, informal if we can't we normally record on a tuesday if we can't record on a tuesday Ah, so what? You know, yeah. we'll do it on a Wednesday or a Monday. Oh, I'm glad you have that attitude because I think, you know, to, to, to come across as professional, you kind of think you have to do these things regularly, don't you? Weekly podcasts, weekly podcasts, fortnightly podcasts. And at the moment, because I'm just starting out, you know, I'm happy to, that somebody just says, yeah, I'll talk to you. And that may be in a month's time, that may be tomorrow, you know. So yeah. I'm glad that you said it, it, you know, it can have... That sort of casual edge to it. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I think Good. again, another thing. What we've seen with podcasting is quite recently big companies get involved in it. Yeah. The BBC have BBC Sounds, and you know they've got all their podcasts on there. Yeah. BBC. LBC. BBC. I know. I know. Um, can I just tell you? This is a bit like showing off. You don't mind me showing off, do you? I I would like you to okay. show off. Paul. So humans exhaust me. Yeah. Uh, was a finalist in an award. Recently. Was it? Yes, the Quill Podcasting Awards. We were a finalist and we lost out to the New York Times. Uh, did you? We did. Well, if you're going to lose out, hey, well, lose I out know. to the New I, York Times. Well, I'm a little bit salty about it, if I'm being <laughs> honest, because um, this this <laughs> podcasting company talks about how they're about helping people break through barriers. Right. And I'm not sure what barriers the New York Times have to break through. <laughs> um, so, I see you know, what you mean. You know, yeah. But there we go. That was That's what they decided. Uh, but um, well, and also because of, like you say, the, the circumstances in the last year or two, um, people have started podcasts who wouldn't you usually yeah. have done it or probably wouldn't yeah. have done it um, to, like you say, generate um, monetary sort of you know gain or just to raise their profiles. You yeah. know, 
Well, I think um, I've seen a lot of comedians. That's it. That's what I have, mean. Yeah, have podcasts, yeah. and mm. some of them are really funny. I mean, it's a great outlet. They are because the comedians are popular. So if you if you enjoy listening to that comedian, you're going to probably enjoy yeah. their podcast, aren't you? There's a great podcast called um, Rob Beckett and Josh Widdicombe's yes. Parenting Hell. Well, yeah, I do have like Rob Beckett. Oh, yeah, so funny. Yeah, so authentic, and they talk about oh they've just got out of bed or yeah. they were late for the podcast, and I think. I think that's great. Uh, there is a space for professionally produced podcasts that are like documentaries or true crime and yeah. things like that and stuff yeah. you can get into. Everyone's needs are different. I don't yeah. know. When, when do you listen to podcasts? Um, oh, gosh, that is a hell of a good question. Um, very few, actually, and not very often. What did I listen to? There, there was one. I get bored quite easily right, with them, yeah. um, which obviously... Has... Me too. Do you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, I flit from thing to thing. There are some that I definitely subscribe to and yeah, I listen too. regularly. Mm. But there are some that I can take it or leave it. Do you know what? I can't even remember. It made such an impact. I can't even remember. <laughs> um, it might come back to me uh, in a little while. But no, the, and the latest thing I did listen to, I think that was BBC Sounds. It was Kiefer Sutherland's uh, tracks that right, he chose yeah, for yeah. something. Yeah. Because I like Kiefer. Yeah. Um, and, and I find him very interesting. So that was the latest thing I've got to listen to. Um, podcast. What is that blinking podcast? We're probably going to take up the next half hour now <laughs> trying to remember the podcast that was so engrossing that I can't remember it anyway. Um, but it's the content, isn't it, that you, that ah, you Actually, to? I'm sorry. Sorry to interrupt. It, it was one of Louis Theroux's episodes. Oh, OK. Yeah. Uh, I think it was the one he spoke to Lenny Henry. Right. Because mm -hmm. I like Lenny Henry. And I was interested to see how those two would uh, get on, actually. Because I think, if I'm right in remembering, Lenny Henry had always steered clear a bit of him. Oh, OK. Um, because he is he is a bit of a, you know, he's a bit of a, what's the word? Uh, not a stirrer, exactly, but old Louis knows exactly what he's doing to get yeah. the response he wants to get, you yeah. know. Yeah, he'll probe. Yes. He's good at that. Probe, that, that is a good word, yeah. And it's fun I, I find Louis Theroux funny in a almost semi-awkward mm, way. Yeah. It's like, oof, he went yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I do know what you mean, but I do think he intends that. Yeah, yeah. I do think that. But what what also, I don't mind so much about him when he when he's on the television as well and he makes these documentaries. He is, he's a prober and he's a bit odd and he's a bit eccentric, but he gets the reactions. Um I don't know if he'd be as honest if somebody was probing him about things, but uh, there you go. Maybe. Yeah, what I quite like is he doesn't put on that odd documentary voice. Mm -hmm. You know, the documentary mm -hmm. voice where people feel they have to suddenly speak like this. Oh, right, yeah. Because... The voiceover voice. The voiceover yeah. documentary voice. <laughs> they came into the house, but then I found that the door was locked. We wanted to find out why. You would make a great voiceover. Do you, do, that, that's just copying these strange folk that seem to want to or feel the need to speak that way to make you watch and listen. And I just think, oh, please stop doing that voice. <laughs> He'll open the door in a minute if you stop doing that voice. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I think you'd be very good at it, though. Those education programmes, you know, the 7-up and the 14-up and the 21-up, yeah, you yeah. know. That was a bit like that as well. <laughs> <laughs> there there must be a standard voice for, for, for that kind of thing. It's a bit like um, children's presenters. Hello. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hello. And they, they do the yeah. actions Hello. as well, don't they? It's Tuesday. 
You have children. I do. Don't you? Yeah. yeah. I, I did hear you briefly mention that when we first met. How many children have you got? I have three children. Oh, you've got three. What, got, age, what ages? Uh, they're 14, 11 and 8. I can honestly say you don't look old enough to have a 14-year-old, Paul. Wow. <laughs> but you've got them. So, that yeah, that's quite a variety of ages. So, uh, you've got busy, yeah. busy life. I have got a very busy life. Outside of work, I mean, as yeah. well. Yeah. 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 And are they interested in what you do? Are they social media... People, um, I, I don't. Well, is, yeah. I don't allow them to be. Oh, right. I don't. I, I don't allow it. I think um, working in social media gives one a very good insight into the potential dangers mm. of it, mm. and I understand how social media works, and I see enough of it to know that I do not want my fourteen-year-old or eleven-year-old or eight-year-old. Um, really have any part of that until they are in a place where they can handle the responsibility of that. Because I, I do think it's a responsibility and I think a lot of people don't understand how it works no. and mm -hmm. what the dangers are. And mm -hmm. um, I do get a little bit on my high horse a bit around the parents, um, which well, is a fault of mine. But, but but that's a responsibility as well. You're, it, well, you're being a responsible parent. It, well, it, it, it is. Uh, I think I think in some ways it's, uh, yeah, my, my children, I'm very open with my children mm -hmm. in terms of what I see the dangers to be and they understand why I'm not keen on them being part of it at, at, at this point. Yes. And so to the best of my knowledge, they don't. Now, They're okay. Maybe... Okay. They've got a secret Instagram account that I know nothing about and mm. they've been very clever about it. You know, I, I don't rule that out. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, they understand yeah. why I'm not particularly happy for, for them to, to do that. Um, but I see plenty of their peers having mobile phones, having uh, accounts. Yes. And I see the fallout from, from that. So, yeah. so I don't want that on my children. You mean the fallout in terms of um, peer pressure and um, yeah, just, uh, yeah, peer pressure, people comparing themselves with yeah, exactly. uh, things that aren't realistic. Yes, um, arguments that mm. take place within social media between peers. Yeah, taking things mm. that happen at school home with them mm -hmm. and it continuing at home rather than home. You're being a absolutely safe place. right. You know, as an adult, that is very freeing when you are not on certain platforms, oh, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I was speaking to somebody yesterday, and he's not on anything. <laughs> he's absolutely fine with that. He steers yeah. clear of them deliberately, you know. Um, does your 14-year-old struggle a little bit with that, with, with, I presume, the majority of the people being around them? Well, there's another part of the story. So uh, my 14-year-old and my 8-year-old are autistic. Ah, right. And my 14-year-old uh, doesn't, doesn't, um, doesn't naturally gravitate towards it anyway. Right. So, okay. so in that respect, it's not it's not so much of a problem. However, you know, he he loves YouTube. Yes. He likes gaming. Yeah. Um, and I would see that as being part of this environment as well. So there are dangers there, mm. things to be protected, and it's and it's the same principle. So we would have conversations about how do you know what you see on YouTube is is the truth. Anyone can make a video on YouTube. Okay. About. Um, what happened at this point in history and why that's a problem. Anyone yeah. can create a video about how the world is flat and make it really convincing. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the skills as a person 
to interpret whether what you're seeing is real or not, mm -hmm. then that's that's the danger, as I as I see it. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. So that could be YouTube, could be Instagram, could be anything. Is is this wonderful, beautiful woman that I'm seeing and comparing myself to on Instagram real, mm. or is it a filter, or have they altered the picture, or are they just showing you the the things? That they want to they, show they you. They really are real, very real pressures, aren't they? Yeah, on, they, on, they, on young they, people. They are, mm. and I, I, I do. Uh, I'm very grateful, actually, that I didn't have that when I was that age. Yeah, um, yeah, me too. Life's difficult enough, isn't it, Paul? Don't it you is. Think, you know, it is. sometimes I, growing up. I don't. I don't think you need that additional pressure. And I think one of the challenges that um, we have as a society is that we, as um, parents, of those teenagers I think I'm the exception because I work in the industry but I think a lot the majority of parents of these teenagers do not have the skills and the understanding to have those conversations with their no their children quite possibly yes. they don't they mm. don't know the risks no their use of social media in their generation is very different to those younger people yes and so they are assuming often that what they do is what their children do when actually the evidence is that what their children do is very different. Mm. So they, they, they struggle to relate and therefore sometimes they can't have the conversations that maybe they need to have. You're right, you've just nailed it. It's, it is very much a generation thing as well because uh, you know there's a certain generation that are only on Facebook. Yeah. You know, and yeah. obviously with, with young people now, there are so many different platforms and opportunities and they're happening all the time, aren't they? The TikTok and Instagram and there's another one and I'm not trendy enough and cool enough to know them and I don't have children so that, you know, I don't have those issues to to have to deal with. Um, so, yeah, the temptations are there constantly. Comparisons are being made constantly. And like you say... Their little minds coming home from school, you know, something will be on their mind or they'll look at something straight away on social media when they finish school. And it stays with them, doesn't it? Yeah. It absolutely stays on their minds. Can I just uh, ask you about your 14-year-old? Your you said he was autistic and he loved gaming. Do you know that's very common with autistic young men? Is it? Mm. I work with um, people with autism. You you didn't know that, did you? I didn't you? know that, no. No, that's amazing. I work, yeah, I work... Um, I support people with, with oh, that, well, autism. That, well, that is handy to know. <laughs> yeah, children and adults, yeah. Okay. Very much yeah. so. Yes, that's my job outside of here. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, well, so that's... definitely... But I have, I, I do, I do, yeah, I have uh, one young person in particular who um, loves gaming. Right. Why Why do you think that is then? Is that at the risk of... I don't know where this conversation is going, but no. I'm happy for it to go anywhere you like. But is there any... Um, I don't know, reasoning behind that, do you think? Is it an alternative world kind I, of issue? Yeah, I do think that comes into it. I think it's a focus. Mm. Um, I think it's a, a stimulation. Um, and I think it's also a, quite insular in terms of it's safe in safe, a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I feel it's safe because they're in control um, and they're, they're playing, but there's no sort of real threat from anyone yeah, or anything else coming in although some of the games i've seen they're, they're really quite graphic aren't they i don't know if what sort of gaming your um your son likes but some of them are really quite violent and quite graphic well it won't surprise you to know i don't allow those <laughs> no i'm glad you don't no i have to say the people i'm talking about they are over 18 um so that's obviously but but that, rea that realism is in, in some senses it's a blessing and a curse so 
sort of to relate it back to social media in a way, people are talking about the metaverse and virtual immersive experiences and how we're going to be doing a lot more of that going forward. Yeah. And uh, some of these games are, are very much things that would lead into um, that, that new technology, Web3, they're calling it. And uh, the, the, the ones that are realistic, um, sometimes these games are involving people, it's online and people can come in from the outside world. So although sometimes it is safe, sometimes it's it's not really that safe. No, exactly. And you need to have the same conversations about gaming mm. as you would with social media. Yes, really. I completely agree with you. Yeah, yes, I've seen this, and I, I and I tend to ask because I don't know much about gaming, and I do ask people who are involved. Do you play with other people? You know, are people involved? And there's lots of different options for them, and there's lots of ways you can protect, you know, yeah. your son from that, isn't there? You could basically just not let people in, or. Or you block people off. I'm not quite sure how you do it. Or, but like you say, there's a point where you know you don't know what he's doing, and you know if he's able to do that. And and at some point, yeah, you know, I'm quite cognizant that I will lose that 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 control. Yes, you know, I can't I can't control that forever. No. So I sort of see the need to to equip him with the skills. Yes. I guess. Yeah. To navigate that on on his own. Yeah, but, absolutely. But there is some, there is some things that I don't know. I'm not a big gamer myself yeah. so with with things like social media and that mm -hmm. kind of thing i can kind of say well look this is how it works and this is mm -hmm. what you need to be aware of and these yeah. are the things that that can happen yes um with gaming i'm, I'm less knowledgeable about it so okay. i sort of rely on the trust that we've built up mm. um about what he feels that he can do or should do mm. Yeah, you sound like quite an exceptional parent, Paul. Oh, thanks. Can, can I'll I, take that. <laughs> can I ask you about your, your younger one as yeah. well? What what interest does, does, I don't know if it's a boy or a girl. What, my eight-year-old? Yes. It's a girl. A little girl. What interest does she have? Because um, actually, they say with, with girls, especially that young, that they are diagnosed later with autism because they, they have... Um, they're better at masking yeah. it uh -huh. or, you know, or because they want to integrate and fit in with their friends. So um, it's more difficult to diagnose them. So that's interesting. Uh, well, that I think, yeah, I also hear that. That's certainly what the general consensus is in the communities that, that I'm part of. And to be fair, I'm not part of many communities in this area, but um, that's that's the feeling that, that I get. Uh, I think because... We've had the experience with a brother. Yes. We were able to identify it a lot earlier. Right. She is good at masking. She's very popular at school, mm. um, which is different to her brother. So there are definite differences there. Yes. Uh, and we, we have had problems throughout um, both him and her in terms of getting professionals to understand what our concerns are and yes but it's, but it's, i can it's appreciate lot, that yeah yeah but it's a lot easier having gone through it once to say no this is we know what this is mm. we can map this exactly mm -hmm. to her brother and yes. her brother's um life right and therefore this is what we need yes and does she have any interests particular um, interests she uh she also loves gaming oh does she yeah that's possibly because the brothers do it. Mm, yes. So there's 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 that. Um, uh, she's got a thing for animals. Oh. She has uh, a 
a, a toy a toy cat. She has a real cat, but she has a toy cat as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, which she refers to as her sister. Oh, does she? Um, but yeah, a lot of them. I th- oh, she um, she's quite a good actor. Excellent. She's in a theatre school. Oh, is she? She hates being on stage, <laughs> but she likes the acting bit. Oh, does she? Yeah. Oh. She just doesn't like performing in front of people. Oh, right, yeah. But that's that's interesting, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So it's just, do you think it's just the, that's part of the masking, just being another person, perhaps? Um, another character? May, may, maybe. Maybe. I mean, it would, it would make sense. Hmm, um, yeah. I think she likes, I think she likes dancing more than she likes acting. Okay. Um, and I, I suspect that gives a bit of freedom. She sounds like a lovely little eight-year-old, yes, who likes all sorts of things. Right. Eh? Yeah, <laughs> I mean she is. Yeah, it's of sometimes course. quite difficult, but you yeah, know, that's that's the life that uh, we have. I'm sure you have extremely intelligent, bright children as well. Well, they take There's, after the daddy. Soon. Yeah, I know. I thought you were going to say <laughs> that. Well, I meant from from in terms of them being diagnosed with autism. Uh, there is often a real fierce intelligence behind them, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in, well, in, I, which manifests in very, you know, in different ways. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's quite interesting learning about um, the human brain and how different it can be between people. Yes. Like, I actually really like the idea of spectrum mm-hmm. because I think it is a neat way of categorizing everything um but i think sometimes people view a spectrum as being between one end and another end yeah and actually i think it can be multiple it's, ends it's, and it's multiple it's directions very it's as broad as you can get it's very, isn't it? yeah it's mm. very very diverse and complicated yeah um so uh they are bright uh, intelligent knowledgeable and that's that, those those are real strengths, creative, um, and 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 they will help the kids do what they do what they want to do. Yes, some of the social aspects mm-hmm. are more challenging, mm-hmm. and yes. we don't live in a purely academic world. So no. someone having to learn how to navigate that when they find it really difficult is yes. um, is, is really hard because I, I you know you can teach facts, mm. you can't always teach somebody how to interact with with somebody or how to interpret no. things that are a bit opaque anyway yes yeah that's such a good word as well opaque mm. yeah that's that's generally what i i try to do with my work it's very much about the social aspect yeah. and um yeah encouraging them to interact with other people be comfortable in certain environments and basically just uh, not be afraid to live their lives, you know, in the best way that they can. One of the things that has really opened my eyes over the last few years, as we've been going through the journey of diagnosis and understanding and adapting our own behaviours, really, for yeah. the benefit of them, is uh, how society is set up to be unhelpful to people who are neuro- neurodivergent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I spot it now in so many different ways that I didn't spot before. Yeah, you will do. Um, yeah. You know, in in our company, writing a uh, a job description, 
suddenly my view on writing a job description is massively different. Mm -hmm. You know, how do I make a job description a bit more easy to to understand? Mm. Or how do I make it shorter so it's not overwhelming? Mm. How do I address um, what somebody's needs are at the same time? How You know, so um, I've, I've really noticed things like, like that. So a, a really big thing that I've noticed is uh, mainstream education. And so because I, I'm actually a school governor as well at All a right. mainstream yep. school. Okay. So it's been really interesting to compare what I've learned in that role with what I've learned about having autistic children. Mm -hmm. And mainstream education is not set up to accommodate people who are not neurotypical. No, it is not. One to many does not work mm -hmm. often. Um, strict behavior sanctions mm -hmm. can send a 14 year old boy you know, autistic mm -hmm. uh, traits to to completely spiral and mm -hmm. not you know not un understand and, and it feels unnecessary mm -hmm. really which so is why many young people with autism end up not in school not in certainly not mainstream no well mine isn't no there you go so uh it is but yeah stuff like mm -hmm. that has really opened opened my eyes mm. so are there good facilities are there good um alternatives for young people with autism in loughborough um, well, I'm not sure I can totally answer that question because I only know what, what I know. Mm -hmm. Um, I, we're still going through that, that, that journey. The process. Of, of finding okay. what, what is, yeah. what is right for, for him. And yeah. what's interesting okay. is, you know, you get a little bit of pressure for, oh, geez, oh GCSEs, mm. GCSEs. I'm going, hmm, so what? And what I find interesting, just to you know, bring it back to like my history as, as well, is that what I do now as someone who owns a business and uh, it teaches people how to use social media or does marketing or offers strategy and consultancy and, and all this kind of stuff with, yeah. with, with podcasts. Possibly the only bit that I am technically qualified to do is maybe writing blogs or, or articles for people because I did English at university. Mm -hmm. So I've built a career and hopefully a successful one and a business without needing GCSEs or, yes. or, or, or whatever. And has anyone ever asked me to prove how many GCSEs or A-levels I've got? No, right. not once. Okay. So, you know, do do we need GCSEs? I'm not sure we do. Okay. So, you, well, no, you're removing that pressure from him straight away then, you know. Surely that's a healthy I thing to so. do. I hope so. Yeah, well, he's got you there as well. Well, he wants, he, so. well the only thing is he wants to be an engineer. And oh, they, okay. they, they do need certain qualifications for standards mm. and things like that. So, you know, but there are alternative ways. And mm. maybe in, maybe he doesn't get them now. Maybe he gets them in five, ten years' time. When exactly. He feels like it's right for him. Does he feel pressurised by exams? And um... I don't think so. I think okay. we've worked hard to remove that where we can. Yeah, okay. But I couldn't, you know, only he would be able to answer that again. Mm. Yes, okay. Oh, that's lovely to speak about your children with you, Paul. That's that's really fascinating. They've got they've got uh, the right dad, haven't they? I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like it. Well, I'm not perfect. Well, well, you know, I get you know things who wrong, is. And that's okay. No, but you you're obviously going to do your absolute utmost. Aren't they you? like coming in here. Oh, I bet they, they, they do. Like, they like coming into the podcast studio. I think they would. Um, I think they would like to release a podcast. 
Oh, um, I think that's a fantastic <laughs> idea. Oh, do do it with them, Paul. Well, they, they, if ever we come in here, mm. um, because the, 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 we've, we've mentioned about there's a, there's a coffee shop within this building. Yes. And on Saturdays, the coffee shop does waffles. Oh, excellent. So they will all have... So is it popular offered, on Saturdays? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. Can, we, can, we, can we go for waffles Saturday? Uh-huh. And then we'll come in here. Yeah, that's lovely. Um, but my, my 11-year-old, he does have a YouTube channel. So here's me saying that, you know, I'm not letting them have it. He does have a YouTube channel because he pestered me for ages and ages. But um, it's quite sweet because he uh, he records his own videos. It's all gaming, yep. it's all that kind of thing. Okay. But he knows he can't mention his name. Yes. He can't mention friends' names. He can't mention where he goes to school. He can't appear on camera. Okay. Ah, um, right, okay. So he's got strict things. Yes. But it's, 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 quite, it's quite interesting to see... An 11-year-old record content, he edits it. I bet it is. He uploads it. He does all these things. Yes. And actually, when people say, um, I want to be a YouTuber, mm-hmm. there's a tendency for you know older people to kind of roll their eyes and go, that's not a proper job. Yes. But actually, if you look at the successful people <laughs> doing this kind of thing. I know. Absolutely raking it in. They certainly are, yeah. And earn you a, think, well, what's Earn a fortune. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's a proper job for them. It really is, so you know. Not? Yeah. Well, all the all the people I've spoken to about doing this this podcast, and I've spoken to the people that I support with autism actually a lot, a lot of them, and they've been fascinated. They really want to know about it, and they really want to probably be a part of it, you know. Yeah. Um, but get, going back to what you said about mainstream education and people not quite understanding people who are different in any way. Um, one of the people I support, and he won't mind me saying this, I won't mention his name, he has cerebral palsy mm-hmm. um, and autism. And um, I can see him shouting now in my ear and anxiety because that's what <laughs> he's just adorable, but that's his humour and that's what he does. Um, and he says constantly, I've, most of his frustration in life is, is not being understood by people at the end of a phone, when he sends emails, if he goes into a shop, when he complains about something. They... All the people I work with have a strong sense of justice, you know, and they want things to be right. And they get very upset when um, things aren't right. Well, why did he put the phone down on me? Why didn't he just say this? Why wasn't he just honest and did this? And I have to say, I'm with you there. You know, I completely understand. But unfortunately, that's the way of the world. And that's how people behave. And some people don't mean to be um, rude. And some people don't mean to be horrible about it. It's just the way of the world. Some people pass the buck. Some people, you know, don't understand what your needs are and they get really upset by them, him in particular. So what you were saying about mainstream education and just the world in general, it's a lot to negotiate sometimes, isn't it, and navigate through. And um, I've certainly seen that more in people having started working with these wonderful folk that I work with. Well, I don't know about you, but I find it difficult to navigate Yeah, I anyways. do. That's why I have such empathy. Yes, me too. That's why I know exactly when they say, I empathise, you yeah. know, 100% really. There, there are some parts where I, re- I really struggle to understand. Mm. So when, when certain things happen, um, and maybe there's particular stress or a meltdown about something, mm. sometimes I, can't, I, I just can't understand why. No, you can't explain, can you? And, there, and I can't, yeah, and I can't mm. explain. Yeah. And I can't explain why I feel the way that I feel about at that at that time so mm-hmm. the world the world's a very confusing place 
It's exhausting, as your it friend says. The humans yeah. are exhausting. <laughs> the world can be exhausting. That's why we have to take the positives and the beautiful things from it. Um, do you get much free time then? Do no, you get, not really. No. Not well, really. That's uh, that's an interesting question. And obviously you spend a lot of time with your children and your family, but do, what do you do for yourself? Or do you have hobbies, pleasure? I... I really love what I do. Mm -hmm. I didn't set out to own a business, but actually I enjoy running a business. It gives me a purpose. Mm -hmm. And for some people, running a business gives them a lifestyle. You know, they'll earn a fair amount of money and they'll then go and travel with that or they'll they'll go and do things yes. with, with that. Um, and I... I, I, I suppose I'm trying to create something that has some kind of value, not just monetary, but but has that that has a a purpose. I want to create a place that uh, creates jobs, um, is a great place to work. I, I really believe that these days, there's it's virtually impossible to separate home from work. And and during the pandemic, obviously the two merged incredibly so, so it was almost seamless. Yeah. But I think a lot of people now, they work to live and some of them will live to work. Yes. And some of them are quite happy with it being a bit of both. So people talk about work-life balance. Um, someone, I can't remember the exact phrase someone used once, but it was really good. It was something like work-life harmony or work-life equality or something like that and okay. it's this idea that it's okay to enjoy work and it's okay to see work as a fundamental part of your life and if you enjoy work because it's such a big part of your life then that can add positively yes to your life and i i travel from being a business owner mm -hmm. you know I, I i will go and go to a conference that i want to go to and if that happens to be in america even better yeah <laughs> you know but I, I will i will get to to have opportunities yes um and I will take them, even if they're related to, mm. to, to work. I don't switch off at five o'clock, but I, if I'm feeling like there's flow or there's, you know, there's, I'm feeling motivated to do something, I will, I will do it. The, the, the situation with the kids and, and managing that is really intense mm. sometimes. And, and that takes up the vast majority of the non-work work. time. Uh -huh. and, and let's be clear, you know, running a business having the pressure of that is sometimes stressful and does mean that you put in a lot of hours. Um, yes. But I try and offset some of that. I don't, I try not to work Fridays. Okay. So I have sole responsibility of childcare on Fridays. Yep. That's my day. So mm -hmm. um, that that's what I try and put into. Um, and I've started more recently to be a bit more conscious of what care am I getting for me. So... I suppose um, I try and book time off. Right. And go, right, okay, I've got a week off. Yes. And then when that week happens, my, my main objective of that week is to book the next time off. Is it right? So that I've okay. always got something there to go, right, well, it's okay because then I've got... So you don't plan anything specific during your time off? You Sometimes I would, but right, but, okay. but not necessarily. So okay. I've got a holiday in Devon coming up in in July. Right. So, okay. Yes. You know, that's definitely happening there. Yes. But I'm taking a week off in uh, the Easter holidays. Yes. Works out with the kids. Yeah. You know they're off school and things like things like that. Mm -hmm. And we might do some things there, but I won't necessarily have certain things planned. Uh, but I've tried to think more about um, 
self-care a bit more. Okay. I do a lot of reading. I love reading. I was going to ask you if you liked reading. Yeah, yeah. I love reading. And I've um, got much more back into fiction right. um, as, as a way of kind of escaping, I guess, to yes. a certain uh, degree. Um, but I, uh, I've tried to do things like, okay, well, for example, a friend of mine's wife owns uh, a salon, yes. a treatment salon. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've put myself in there in a few Excellent. weeks. Excellent. And I'm going to have some kind of That's the sort of thing, thing I was getting at. Something for you, yes. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. for you to just not necessarily de-stress. I, d- I don't see you as a particularly stressed person. You may say that's not right. <laughs> but um, you re- your energy really is really quite infectious uh, from the first moment I met you. And obviously one of the reasons is that you enjoy your work, don't you? I, I, I think it... It helps. When I think about when I worked for other people, I think I was I was a very good employee. Yeah. Very good. Very committed. I would mm-hmm. work extra hours. No, I, I can see that, yes. You know, and, uh, you know, to be fair, one of the, the, the killer point about why I uh, left working for somebody else and had my own business was um, I was uh, in Durham. I was in a, um, I was going to be sort of helping this company um talk about like the technology that I, that, that, that I was dealing with yeah and I would often be like asked to come into like a big sales meeting and you know architect and kind of motivate people to accept this technology right uh, and the company would put me up in a hotel and they put me up in this hotel in the outskirts of Durham and it was cold and it was damp mm-hmm. and you know in the restaurant meal for one mm-hmm. And I thought, I've had enough of this. <laughs> I've had enough of this. And uh, the the killer moment was when um, I would get, I would, to be fair, I would get a little bit of commission if the deal went through because I'd played a right. part in it, but it wasn't a lot. Yeah. And the sort of regional managing director or something like like that, he got a new Bentley. Uh, and I thought, you know what? There's there's one mug here, and it's not him. Mm, yes. And so I just thought, you know what? I could do this myself. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't like you know. Oh, I want a piece of that. But yeah, it wasn't resentment. No, no it, was, it not, wasn't resentment. But I thought, oh, you know, I could, I could really. Why not? Why not I, I don't really want to be two hundred miles away in a cold hotel room. No, you know, I'd like a nice hotel. You had room. far too much about you for that. Honestly. Well, you know, I, <laughs> I like a nice hotel. Yes. Um. So you know, why not? Why not try a bit of um, try a bit of that? So yeah. it's, it's been you know that was seven years ago. So. Right. And was it was it quite instant then? Did you did you suddenly think? Do you know what? I'm going to just set my own business up. So what happened was I actually rang the guy who gave me one of my first jobs. Right. And uh, he had, I worked for him and he'd sold the business and made his money. Yeah. And always kept in touch with him. And I rang him and I said, I've had enough, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And he went, have you thought about having your own business? And I went, no. Not as in, no, I don't want one, but like, no, I've not thought about that. Right. So anyway, we, we kept talking and that's, okay. um, that's when I decided. And, he, and did he advise you? Did he? Did yeah, he, he still yeah. advises me. Oh, brilliant. You know, still involved. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, I mean, the seven years have gone past pretty quickly. You're right. Uh, but it's it's a completely different setup to, to what it was at the beginning. At the yes. beginning, it was just me. Okay. And now there's seven of us, so. That's pretty impressive, isn't it, Paul? You know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so I, th- I think I think you know I think I've done okay. You have. I think I've done okay. I I was earning much more money working for the tech company yeah. than what I take home now. But actually, life isn't about 
that. Mm-hmm. Life is about everything. And for me, it's about, you know, what I get personally from having opportunities to travel, to yes. speak at events, to, yes. you know, everyone's got a bit of an ego and I'm no different. Um, right. That's probably why I've got a podcast. <laughs> but, but you know, I like, I like it if I'm speaking on stage and someone comes and says, oh, that was really good. You feel fulfilled. You feel fulfilled, like you're doing yeah. something something right. And mm. I, I, I enjoy employing people and I hope that they would feel like I'm a good boss yes. and that they enjoy working here. And Well, I've probably met half of the people that work for you and you know what, they they are really, really decent young people, aren't they? they They're are. really lovely people. They and are. so clearly you know the kind of people you want around you. I think and that's important though, to know yeah, that. I think it it's, is. I think that's uh, that's also something that I've learned over the years to, to surround yourself with, with people that you want to be yeah, with. Yeah, there's an awful lot to be said for that, isn't yeah. there? And, yes. and find your personal people who influence you that you can look up to and that you can share things with. And that as well, yes. You know, yeah. um, there's, 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 there's so much that I've learned over seven years. I actually think that I'm a better human being mm-hmm. as a result of, of that. And I've learned... Mm. Uh, to be a lot more resilient and 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 like I say, I I don't take home half of what I did when I was no. in okay. the tech world, mm-hmm. but I take home fulfilment and yes. joy and um, uh, uh, motivation and uh, purpose. I guess that is brilliant, Paul. Honestly, no wonder you're so good at what you do. <laughs> They're beautiful words to shall we shall we end on that beautiful. Those beautiful words. Thank I wanted you. to ask you more about hobbies and things, but no, I think I think we've covered um, an awful well, lot. This is you, my hobby. It is your hobby, yes. But yeah, you're far more fascinating than I think you give yourself credit for. <laughs> honestly, I could speak to you for another hour. I really could. Thank you so much for speaking to me. You're you're very interesting, and we will speak off podcast um, about your lovely children, if that's okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for inviting me on the on the show. I think it's. I think it's a brilliant show. I love the conversations. They, they're very natural, and I think people should listen to more conversations between different types of people because I think it brings colour to their lives. Oh, thank you for saying that. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the idea, so I hope people support it and, and get on board, and I want to thank you again for your support and your help during this whole process. I've got a feeling we may speak again, you know, at some point as well. There's a lot more to be said, I think, don't you think? Maybe. Hey, you never know, seven years' time. (laughs) Thank you, Paul. Thanks for speaking to me. Well, hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Went off in lots of different directions, unexpected directions, just as it should be. That's the name of the game. That's life. And it was very enjoyable, and I hope Paul enjoyed it too, and I want to thank him again for speaking to me. Um, Yeah, really enjoyed that. Um... Do join me again for another episode of Grass in the Sky. It'd be lovely if you could. Um, Bye for now. Part of the Like Mind Media Network.